my friends, we are in now the third uh, part of this preaching that I have called What I See. Everybody say it with me, What I See. And look at somebody close to you and tell them, what do you see? Come on. And, 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 and the thing that is the reality for us is that we would be a church that sees what the Lord is showing us and that hears what the Lord is telling us. Um, I have not been a person that receives dreams from the Lord. The Lord speaks to me. But he speaks to me typically, I don't know if I said this last week, um, but he speaks to me typically through uh, short phrases or single words is, is what he typically does with me. And I'm going to share one of those, a word from the Lord that he gave to me for our church, and I'm going to share it at the end of my message. And, and then we're going to lead into some time of ministry where God's going to set some people free. And, and if you want to call today uh, Confession Sunday, get ready, because the Lord is going to bring real freedom to some people today. I mean, real, real freedom and real healing to people. And he's already done it in a couple of services, and it's been fantastic. But, but the Lord normally speaks to me in, like, single words or, or little phrases. And... Um, and, and I, I just realized today, just, just during the service while we were worshiping, that the Lord actually gave me a dream about something. This is days ago, days ago. And at first, I mean, everybody that I just said that, that just became members and, and I said that the Lord's giving you uh, higher levels of faith, new faith. I, I, I have this dream and I was like, surely this is not the Lord because the Lord does not give me dreams. Until today, I realized that what the Lord showed me was 100% from him. And he showed me the confirmation of it. And I went, okay, Lord, I guess you have now given me dreams as well. And, um, and I have no expectation on how God will do whatever he does in the future. But when he takes you to new levels of faith, you just start seeing things you haven't seen before. And he starts showing you, and, 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 and it's an incredible thing. So we have been uh, last week and today in Ezekiel 47. And, um, and, and last week I preached through verses 1 to 9. Verses 1 to 9. And, and if you for some reason were not here and missed it, or if you, and if you haven't seen it online, I am begging you for your benefit, go and watch it sometime today or this week, last Sunday's message, because it's kind of foundational to where we're leading to today. And, um, and, and, and so I'll be starting in verse 10 in just a few moments. But, but as you remember, as, as I preached last week, that Ezekiel has this vision and he goes deeper and deeper in the river of God, the river of the presence of God. And, and, and the first point he gets to, the water is up to his ankles, right? And then after that, the water gets up to his, anybody remember? His knees, right? Then after his knees, the water gets up to his waist. And then after the waist, it eventually gets so deep he can no longer walk. So he starts doing what? Swimming. And, and my preaching was, God wants to lead you to a place in his presence where you give up all control and you begin to let his presence take you wherever he wants to take you. So let's stop just walking in his presence and let's start swimming in his presence. 
And, um, and, and that is where the Lord is taking us to right now and, and to this place where we are, are, are just so deep in it with him that it is not about my plans or my strategies or my way of doing anything, but it just becomes what God is doing and we're just flowing with him. And so that's what I preached on last week and I said that when you get to that place, you will start seeing things that you haven't seen before and you will start hearing things from the Lord that you have not heard before. And that is where the Lord is taking you to. And in verse 7, he, he, he saw this for the first time. After he went swimming in the river, he sees something he had not seen. It says, when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees. Everybody say with me, trees. My preaching today is about fish and trees, all right? It is about fish and trees. This is what he sees after he is in the presence of God. He sees fish and he sees trees. I mean, he sees some other things, but it's all about fish and trees. And we're going to talk about that before I start reading in verse 10. Um, I want to share with you a change that we are making starting this week. We have been sensing from the Lord that he is inviting us more and more into his presence, more and more to walk with him and to be people of prayer. Everybody say prayer. And, and I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I am not going to backtrack on this. I am not going to uh, get lazy about this. I'm not going to be afraid uh, of pushing hard on this. We will be a church that prays, period. Because every move of God begins on the floor, on our knees, before the presence of Almighty God. That's where it all begins. And so we are and will be a church that prays more and more. And so up until now, what we have been doing is we've been praying on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays in Spanish, and Thursdays in English. That's what we've been doing. But um, I, I got to a place where I just sensed, you know what, we need to go to a whole other level, and I want even more people to come. And let me be clear, we've had people coming in the morning, said that there's no issue there, but I wanted to make it more available for even more people to make it, because I know some people work early and some people's schedules are just different. And so we, we had a talk as a team to make prayer more accessible, and what was interesting was we didn't just change the times, we actually added on more. So we will be doing more prayer rather than less prayer. Does that sound good to anybody? And, um, and, and, and so that's where we were leading, or where we are leading, and, and in this, it is the craziest thing. I, I got to tell you this. There's some people here in the room that come in person on, on Thursday mornings. It's been great. And, uh, and then there's others that, that a lot of times are watching online. Who here has watched online at least one time or multiple times? All right. And, and I encourage you to not just watch, um, but it was my word, so my fault, but, but also pray with us, right? And just be there praying with us. But, but um, uh, you, you've been online with us, and, and it's this crazy thing. The last two weeks, we've got a good group come, uh, come in here and also those that are watching online on Thursdays, but, but I want to talk about the Spanish one on Tuesdays. The last two weeks in Spanish, 
there has been an explosion of people watching online. It is the craziest thing. When we started this in the fall, it slowly built up and eventually got to, I think, around 40-some people that at the highest point would be praying with us online on Tuesday mornings in Spanish. Now, now watch this. So we started the year, and of course, the year starts slow because it's a new year and everybody's a little lazy. So the year started slow, and online it was like negative 10 people or something. And uh, No, <laughs> kidding. Uh, but, you know, it was a small group. And then week after week after week, both in Spanish and in English, it just started, you know, building up. And then all of a sudden, it breaks a barrier and goes to 50-some people online in Spanish, right? But watch this. The last two weeks, this last Tuesday and the Tuesday before that, for the weirdest reason, we have had major Internet problems. And Andrew's there on Tuesday morning trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And I'm yelling at him over my phone, like, get it together. No, no, I wasn't. I'm kidding. Um, and, uh, and at one point, two weeks ago, Andrew goes, this is an attack. It's a spiritual attack. And I was like, yes, yes, it is. And this last Tuesday, when it happened again, we had, watch this, over 70 people over 70 people, almost double what we had in the fall that were with us. And then all of a sudden, our internet goes down, completely goes down. The enemy is not happy that we're praying, which is why I am happy that we're going to pray even more now. Because we are not going to backtrack. We're not saying, enemy, you're winning. No, enemy, you have already been defeated. So essentially, screw you, we're going to pray more. And that's what we're going to do. And, and the reality is, and this is so important, that we be a church that prays, my friends. And I won't backtrack on this. We will be a church that prays. And so what we're doing is we're changing our schedule. And um, we are starting this week going to have three different prayer times. And I want to explain how it's going to work. All the hours on the screen are 100% correct, but I'm going to give you some more understanding of what's going on. We will be praying Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, and Saturday morning. What we wanted to do was keep an early morning option during the week for those that that works for. We wanted to have an evening night option for those that that works for them. And we wanted to have a weekend option for those that absolutely cannot during the week, but you can on the weekend early on Saturday. And so we set this up and I want you to know that what we're going to do is this isn't going to run like services. I know like a lot of you are used to, you're, you're waiting for the previous service to finish. So you're like standing out there waiting in a line, that type of thing. But it's not going to operate like that in the mornings. We will be starting prayer at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Now track with me. I don't want you to get confused. 7 p.m. on Wednesday and 7 a.m. on Saturday in Spanish. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a half hour in Spanish and then a half hour in English right one after the other, which means that we're going to literally just flow right from one into the other. We're not going to stop. So you're not going to be like waiting outside like, when are they starting? You could just, if you get here at 6.20 in the morning on a Tuesday morning, just come in. Even if you don't know Spanish, just come in and be with us, and then we'll just 
the clock hits 6.30, and then we switch it over to English. The clock hits 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, we switch it over to English. And on 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, we switch it right over. And so join us. And if you know both languages and you want to come with us for the whole thing for one hour, half an hour in Spanish, and then this half hour in English, and join us for the whole hour. And we're going to be doing it, and we're going to be praying, and Jesus will be glorified. And uh, that is what we are doing. And uh, forgive me for my salty words about Satan, but uh, yeah. Ezekiel 47, verse 10. Ezekiel 47, verse 10. So what happens as we become a people who live in the presence of God, flow in his presence, what ends up happening? And verse 10 is where we start seeing some results, specific results, of how God begins to work. And it says this, fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea. All the way from Engedi to Enaglaim, the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. And it says this, fish of every kind, somebody say with me, every kind, will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. Anytime that you see a reference to fishermen in this type of way, especially prophetically, it is a vision of lost souls coming to Jesus. When you hear about fish, that is about people that don't know Jesus that the Lord wants to bring in. It's a harvest of souls. Let me put it this way. Anybody remember when Jesus said to the disciples, I will make you fishers of what? Men, right? So you will now be fishing for men. You are fishermen. And so this is a picture of souls coming. And I want you to understand this, that when there is a church that lives in the presence of God, then there will be a harvest of souls that follows. And that is why you heard me say last Sunday, I'm not concerned about big strategies. I'm not concerned about big plans. The more and more we become a church of the presence of God, he's going to bring the fish in. He's just going to make it happen. Come on, does anybody believe that? And we already read this and you repeated it, fish of Every kind, say it one more time, every kind, one more time, come on, every kind. What does every kind mean? And I want to tell you that in this church, the young will come to Jesus, and the old will come to Jesus, the men will come to Jesus, the women will come to Jesus. Those who are broken in their sin will come to Jesus. Those that are confused about their identities will come to Jesus. And they will be restored in the living flow of God's river. Every single person, no matter their background, no matter their sin, they could have murdered somebody and gone to jail, but they will come to Jesus because he will bring every kind in the harvest that he is bringing. But it won't come 
because we've got some big plan and some big strategy. It will become because there is a people who is led by the Spirit of God who walk in His presence and will be led to bring them in. And we will cast large nets and they will come in in large numbers. Get ready, church, for the baptisms that are going to happen because we are a people of His presence. And so they're coming in. They're coming in. But then it says this in verse 11. Really interesting. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be what? Salty. Let me tell you that in every move of God, there are always people who resist it. In every move of God, there's always people that resist it. And let me tell you, even people of faith that resist it. It's been interesting as I've been tracking what the Lord has been doing all over. What he's been doing in Kentucky with Asbury. What he's been doing in so many different places. What he's been doing here. I mean, just all over. And as I've been on social media, I've realized that there are a lot of believers that resist the work of God. Because if it does not fit into their predetermined box that they have created all on their own, then it must not be from Jesus. But let me tell you something right now. Wherever the river flows, it will always be messy. There is not a move of God that is not messy. Because where there is a move of God, there's a bunch of broken people. And where there are broken people, there's a mess. And so nothing that the Lord does will be done in humans' eyes in a perfect way that fits into a box that somebody makes up because it simply cannot be done that way if God is bringing dead people to life. And so there will always be people that resist what God is doing. And let me just tell you something right now, because I want a holy boldness to rise up in you. Who, who, want to live, who wants to live boldly in the ways of Jesus I want you to not worry about the resistors. Do not worry about those who resist the work of God in your life. Don't worry about those who resist the flow of the Spirit in your life. If God tells you to do something, don't worry about the people that are the detractors and the naysayers and the ones that will put it down and think that it is not of God. Let me just tell you something. Keep walking in the boldness of the Holy Spirit. So what should I do with those people? Let them remain salty. The Lord will deal with them. That is not your job. That is not my job. If the river of God is not hitting them because they're blocking it, there is nothing I can do to get them to receive it. And so what did I do with all these people on social media that are resisting the work of God? I'll tell you what I did. Nothing. Because I would rather stay in the pure flow of the river of God than to get sidetracked into the marshes, wasting my time with a bunch of people that have no desire to get into the flow of what God is doing. Am I preaching to anybody right now? And so if God is doing a work in your life, if he is flowing through you and you, then stop worrying about the people that don't want it. Let them be. Let them be. Be at peace. 
God will send you to the people that you need to go to. He will do what he wants to do in and through you and just be at peace. And he will do his work. And some of you are fighting so hard inside of yourself for like family members to come to the Lord. And God will do it. Just trust him. But get in the flow of the spirit and just flow with him. And then he'll make it happen. It's not going to be by your efforts, by your power, by your strength. It'll just be by the work of God. Oh, you'll work. You'll work. Somebody's got to fish. right? Somebody's got to put the nets in the water. You're going to work. But it'll be the power of God at work through you and not your own power. And then he says this, verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. They are evergreen. And there will always, somebody say always, there will always be fruit on their branches, which is interesting because as you know, fruit trees only have fruit once a year typically. But this says there will always be fruit on their branches. Now this is interesting because as fish refer to those who are bringing, coming in, in a harvest of souls, trees are a reference to those who already believe in Jesus. So look at somebody close to you and tell them, you are a tree. A good-looking tree. Strong tree. You didn't even tell somebody your branches are looking really good today. That's some great branches you got there. I like your leaves, nice leaves. I don't know what fruit you are. <laughs> Said apples or lemons or oranges or mangoes or whatever. But, but I, want, I, I want to take a moment here so you can see this in Scripture because this is not just a one-time occurrence in Ezekiel's vision. It's actually a, a symbolism that is used through all the Scripture. So these trees are there. Their leaves never turn brown. They never fall. And they always have fruit on their branches. And, and then it says this, there will be a new crop every month. Somebody say every month. And for they are watered by the what? Watered by the what? By, by, by the river so that we as trees would be planted in the river, right? Right where the river is. And we will get watered by the river flowing from the temple. And the fruit will be for food and the leaves will be for what? Healing. Now, now does anybody in this room want your life to be a blessing to those around you? friends. Some of you, maybe if, if you've known the Lord for a while and if you've had different pastors you've spoken to or leaders in church you've talked to over the years, maybe you've gone uh, to talk to a pastor or a leader and you've presented some big problem you have, you know, maybe a marriage problem or just a life problem or whatever, and, and, and they sit there and they listen to you, and then at the end you're like, okay, now they're going to share some great wisdom to, with me, and all they say is, well, just pray. And you're like, yeah, but like, isn't there something else I should do? And I'll just pray. And then maybe you've had like multiple appointments like that, that you got to the point where you're like, this is absolutely ridiculous. What is up with all these pastors? All they ever do to tell me, they just tell me to pray. They don't give me advice. They don't tell me how to work this thing out. They just tell me to pray. And then you go online and you see all these people that are just like, I don't need your thoughts and prayers. You got to do something real. Because prayer is nothing. Whatever. 
Prayer is everything, my friends. Now this, when you hear just pray, that is not just like go and sit down for two minutes and be like, Lord, would you heal my marriage and make my wife obey me in Jesus' name? Amen. And then you're like a year later and you're telling the pastor, I prayed, it didn't work. No, 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 no. When you hear pray, what you should be hearing is become a person of his presence. Live so much in the presence of God that out of your life comes leaves that are for healing and fruit that is for food. So that way all of a sudden you will have kids that are receiving from a mom and dad fruit and leaves that bring healing to their lives because there's somebody who lives in the presence of Jesus. Some of you have been battling for years because you can't forgive somebody and you've gone to counseling and you have been sitting around for years, hoping that you'll get them to agree with you about how wrong that person is. And guess what? They already agree with you. But the thing that is holding you back is not how wrong they are. It's your lack of forgiveness. But until you get into the presence of Jesus and you realize, Lord God, I am such a massive sinner, but you have forgiven me. And as you have forgiven me, Lord Jesus, in your presence, strengthen me. I will forgive this other person. And then all of a sudden, you'll be walking free. You won't be bitter anymore. You won't be angry anymore. You get all of that from the presence of God. And then good fruit starts coming out. Your leaves, you start healing people. Because that's what happens when the tree is planted where the river is. That's what happens. And this is all over scripture in Revelation chapter 22, referring to the new Jerusalem. It says this, then the angel showed me a river, if we could change it, yeah, there we go, with the water of life. Clear as crystal flowing from where? The throne of God and of the Lamb, yes from the temple. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing how many crops of fruit? 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for what? Medicine to heal the nations. But how would the leaves heal the nations? Because the trees, you and me, would go up to the tree of life, taking it everywhere the Lord would send us, and we would become healers because we are bringing from that tree of life. And that tree of life is found in Genesis right at the very beginning in the garden, and it's also present in the new Jerusalem and heaven at the end. And so we see it here, and God makes it absolutely clear that it all flows from the temple. Now, the temple in the new Jerusalem, I already preached it at the beginning of the service, is not a physical temple. It is literally God himself. And so the river is flowing from God himself, and he is present there. And so this is Revelation chapter 22. But go to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Watch what it says in Psalm chapter 1. This is powerful. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Who wants to make sure that your life is not one of those, right? Well, how do you do that? Verse 2. But they, what's the word right there? Delight 
in the law of the Lord, praying, meditating on it day and night. The reason why you're getting so screwed up in all these other areas of your life is because you got verse 2 missing. And you're trying with all your strength to do verse 1, but you don't have to worry about verse 1 if you're already living out verse 2. If you begin delighting in the Word of God, delighting in the Lord through prayer, through meditating on Him, then all of a sudden, you're not going to be standing around and sitting around with mockers and sinners and joining in what they're doing because you are being led by the Spirit of God. And that person, verse 3, is this. They are like what? Trees. Planted along where? Right along the riverbank. Bearing fruit each season, but in God, the season is continuous. Their leaves, as it already says in the other places, never wither, and they prosper in all they do. My friends, this is where the Lord wants to lead you to. Can anybody say amen? All right, why? I'm massively running out of time, but we're going to do it all. And if we go a little bit late, we'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it because nobody's going any, anywhere. Um, God is moving. And everybody that's waiting for our next service will still be waiting. And if they leave, that's their problem. Um, or they can, you know, join in and it'll be great. Um, the more you're in the presence of God, the more you see, the more you hear. Last Sunday, I mentioned, um, I don't remember if I mentioned it in this service because I, I, I don't always repeat everything the same in every service. Um, but, but I mentioned in one of the services that, that I had a meeting with somebody over a year and a half ago when we first got the property. And, and we walked the property and we walked to the back of the property. And when we were on the back of the property, he told me, I, 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 I see wells springing up, bubbling up right here, wells coming up. And in case you're wondering if that's a physical thing, it's obviously not. It's a spiritual thing, right? And so I see wells springing up. And so I mentioned that on Sunday in one or two of our services. And go figure, I, on Monday morning, am reading scripture in Numbers chapter 21 and in Numbers 21, the people of Israel come up to a well and they sing a song, spring up a well. And I go, Lord, this is most definitely you. There is no way that I mention this on Sunday and then Monday morning I randomly in my reading come across the one verse that talks about this. Lord, you are speaking. Somebody say with me, the Lord is speaking. So then on Wednesday, and this is the word that the Lord gave to me, but this word is for you. Look at somebody and tell them this word is for you. I need you to be ready for this. No, I don't need you to be ready. You need to be ready for you. I told you that you need to have some discernment and be ready to receive and be led by the Spirit in what He's doing. 
So on Wednesday morning, I was spending time in prayer. Sometimes I read the word before I pray. Other times I pray first and then read. It depends on the day. Everything's different. But, but, but I always pray and I always read the word. And so I was spending time in prayer. And while I was in prayer, the Lord told me this word, rise. Everybody say that word with me, rise. And as the Lord spoke, I was literally on my knees in prayer, and it occurred to me at the moment that the Lord told me the word rise that maybe I should actually, yeah, so I actually rose and got up on my feet. And as I was praying, continuing to pray, the Lord just starts bringing a lot of things to my mind. He brought the Monday verse to my mind and what I said on Sunday, that the well of the Lord is springing up, that his water is flowing, and it's just coming up out of the ground. Who believes that with me? And the Lord told me that he is rising up in us, but that we also are rising up in him. And as I go through this, if you've got some discernment and you're paying attention, what I hope happens is you start getting some amens out of your mouth and you start getting some, I don't know, some hallelujahs out of your mouth or just some agreement that happens in your spirit for what the Lord is speaking. And, and, I, and I'm standing and I'm praying and the Lord brings to my mind Noah that in a dark, dark world filled with brokenness and filled with sin, with the floodwaters that came up, there was somebody else that rose up above the flood and that was Noah with his family in the ark that when everything went wrong there were some people of God who were rising up on top of it and then I continued to think about Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 that says that we will rise up on wings we will soar on wings like eagles that we will rise up and be above we will rise we will rise like trees that are standing tall right next to the riverbank and we will grow and rise up so we can shine for the ways of Jesus in this world. God is calling us to rise. He is calling us to rise. We are rising. And, and while I was listening, the Lord told me that he is calling some people to rise up and go to the nations. That he's going to send some people out of LA. I'm not leaving by the way. But he's sending some other people out of LA to the nations to reach people for Jesus, to plant churches, to be missionaries, to do the work of God. He called me, he told me that, that, that we're going to go from the from the suburbs to the urban areas, to every place, the rich and the poor, where every where everybody is at, that we are a church that is rising up. And so God's word to you right now, oh church, is rise up. Those of you that are dead, rise up, you sick. Rise up, you broken. Rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. Rise, rise and enter in to the call of God on your life. Rise up, rise up church. Rise up! And my friends, that was what the Lord told me in prayer. So then, I go into the Word. And when I was in the Word, let, let me just tell you something. I normally read three or four chapters a day, but those three days, 
I'd only read one chapter a day, but how amazing is the Lord who gives a word at the exact moment, even when he knows that you were a little short of where you needed to be, but he from eternity long knew exactly where I would fall in the word on that day. And so I pray and he tells me rise. And then what happens? I go into the word in Numbers chapter 23 and God talking about his people. He says, these people rise up, rise up. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself, coming out of sleep is the idea there. They refuse to rest. They refuse to rest. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughter. The, the, the vision that the Lord is giving here is he's saying the enemy is defeated. Rise up in the power of God and take the victory that is yours. Do not stop short of that which the Lord has given to you. Do not stop short. Don't rest until you've got it all. Don't rest until the complete victory is yours. Do not. And the Lord told me today that today or led me to this understanding that today would be a day of repentance. Because, and I've realized this now after two services, part of the reason that a bunch of us are not able to rise up is because there is massive brokenness and sin in our lives and we can't step up in confidence in the ways of the Lord because we haven't dealt with that yet. Let me explain what repentance is real quick. Repentance is literally, biblically, in the Greek, very simple. It's a changing of the mind. That's all it is, a changing of the mind. So when somebody comes to Jesus for the first time, what do they experience first? A changing of the mind. I am no longer God, he is God, right? I am a sinner in need of a savior. There's a changing of the mind. The mind gets a new perspective. And um, there's a changing of the mind that needs to happen in different areas. And however that happens is what we call repentance. Some of you in this room right now need to repent of some sins and addictions that have been present in your life. There's a changing of the mind. And what's the changing of the mind? It's the Lord telling you this. That is junk. I've got so much better for you. And a changing of the mind that goes, God, I, I want what you have. Because what I have isn't working for me. So I'd rather have what you have. That's repentance. Some of you need to repent of wrong beliefs about God. I'm not gonna go through a list, but some of you in the room might believe that God's this angry judge that's just out there to get you, and you need to repent of that and believe in a God whose kindness leads you to repentance, who loves you abundantly, whose grace and mercy are what led him to the cross to give his life for you, and is ready like the prodigal son for you to come home, and you need to think that you've got a good father, because you do. 
And some of you need to repent of some wrong attitudes. Some wrong attitudes with the Lord. Some wrong attitudes with others. I don't know what that is. But, but you've been thinking and, and processing things in a way that are not godly. And the Lord is saying, be done with that. Be done with that attitude. Be done with that pride. Be done with that selfishness. Be done with that arrogance. It's not serving you well. It doesn't serve you well. It doesn't serve anybody around you well. Just be done with all of it and just come to me. Now, I'm going to give it all to you right now just so you know what you're getting yourself into. I'm not going to trick anybody today, okay? It's not happening here. And when you repent, it's a decision in the mind, and I want you to know this, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Just say it with me. I am forgiven. Whatever it is, let's say that you've been in an addiction for the last 10 years. Today, you're forgiven. 100% totally, absolutely forgiven. Not by me, by the Lord. You're forgiven. What if I do it again? You're forgiven again. Praise God. We don't want that to happen. Because God's got something better for you, but you're forgiven. Understand that today. You are forgiven. But here's the problem. While that sin, while that attitude, while that wrong belief remains between you and God, what you are not is healed. You're still broken. That's why in James 5.16, he says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This isn't physical healing. This is healing of the soul due to the presence of sin in one's life. And the, re the recipe to deal with that and to be healed is to confess it. And, and I must tell you right now that this is actually something that the Catholic Church gets done really well. They really do. The idea of confession. And, and we, as Pentecostals, oh, we believe in the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. But for some reason, we, 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 we push aside that thing called confession because it's just easier to keep it hidden. And, and in reality, no. No, no, no. Our souls need confession. And so I'm going to bring our pastors up and our council up right now uh, with me to the platform. And I'm going to tell you this. Every single, I'm not bringing other leaders up. It's just our pastors and our council. There's other times where I might bring leaders up to pray for people or whatever. But this today, just our pastors and our council. And why only pastors and council? Very simple. Because what you confess to us absolutely has to be kept private. Meaning... We're not going to be having conversations with, like, the church. We're not publicizing it. You're not going to hear any of us going to any of you over here going, oh, so guess what so-and-so said? No, that's not. Mm -mm. No, these are people that I implicitly trust, and those that are pastors are literally required by law to not tell anybody else unless we are given that permission. So can't do it. And so if you need to repent praise God you can do that from where you are but if you want to attach confession to your repentance so that you might be healed today and don't stand there convincing yourself I think if I just say somehow it'll work out that I'll feel better nope and you're telling me I actually have to go up yep I actually have to tell somebody yep and listen, there's no limit on age here. We have had people from old to teenagers 
that have come up to the altar today already and have confessed what is going on. And so young people in the room, be free. There is no reason at 15 years old or 17 or 12 that you need to start out your life into adulthood walking with addiction and brokenness and all the messed up craziness. Get healed today and begin to live an entire life in the ways of Jesus. You'll be blessed with that. You don't want to get to where somebody is and some people are in the room and praise God, you'll come up here too. But you don't, if you're 15, you don't want to get to 45 going, I've been dealing with this for 30 years now. Let's stop it today and begin walking in the ways of Jesus today so that way you live free every day. And so, if you want to confess and get prayed for, come up right now to the front. Come up right now to the altar. Whatever that is, an attitude, a sin, a wrong belief, whatever it is, just come right up to the front right here in this moment. Come on, church.